0: Hey, it's Madeline. The best way to support In the Dark is to subscribe to The New Yorker at newyorker.com dark. When you subscribe, you'll be supporting our show and all the other remarkable reporting that The New Yorker does. And you can listen to beautifully crafted narrative stories by New Yorker writers read aloud.
1: He looked lean and sleek and surprisingly put together. Were it not for the shackles at his wrists and
2: ankles, he might have been walking onto a yacht. I noticed, as he made coffee, that his knife rack was shaped like a human body, stuck through with blades at various points.
1: There were only two possibilities. The money had been stolen, or it had never existed.
0: Subscribe at newyorker.com slash dark, and you'll get access to all of it, plus a free New Yorker tote bag. I must say, the very best tote bag around. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm Madeline Barron, and this is In the Dark. I'm coming to you today because I have some big news to report about the man who's prosecuted Curtis Flowers for so many years, District Attorney Doug Evans. since the very first time we spoke with Doug Evans. Hi, hey. Mr. Evans? Can I hear you? Hi, I'm Madeline, Hello. this is Parker. Uh, We're you. He's always insisted on one thing. So are you confident that you have the right person, that Curtis Flowers is guilty?
1: That I will answer, definitely. No question at all. No oh, question about his guilt there never has been. He is guilty, and he deserves to be convicted.
0: And Doug Evans still feels that way. In a document he filed with the court late yesterday, Evans wrote that he remains confident in the investigation and the jury verdicts. But, Evans wrote in the filing, he wants out of the Flowers case. He's stepping aside. Technically, he's voluntarily recused himself from the case. And that means that after more than two decades of relentlessly prosecuting the case, six opening statements, six closing arguments, thousands of pages of court transcripts produced and motions filed, Doug Evans and his office, are finally done. In his filing to the court, Evans wrote, quote, I have personally prosecuted the defendant in all six of his prior trials. While I remain confident in both the investigation and jury verdicts in this matter, I have come to the conclusion that my continued involvement will prevent the families from obtaining justice— and from the defendant being held responsible for his actions. It is for these reasons that I voluntarily recuse my office from further involvement in the prosecution of the above-styled manner. In that same filing, Evans asked the trial judge, Judge Joey Loper, to appoint the Mississippi Attorney General's office as lead prosecutor in the case. So far, Judge Loper hasn't responded. Evans' filing comes just three weeks after Judge Loper blasted the state at Curtis's bail hearing. Judge Loper was upset that Evans had decided not to show up at the hearing. Evans sent an assistant instead. And Judge Loper was frustrated that Evans and his office hadn't responded to a series of motions the defense had filed. Judge Loper told the state that it would, quote, reap the whirlwind if it continued with its, quote, dilatory conduct.
1: District turns off of William. I can help you.
0: Hi, William. Um, This is Madeline Barron calling. I was wondering if Mr. Evans was in. Uh, No, he's not. Okay. Do you know where would be a good place to reach him?
1: Uh, Not here, but he's not here.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just was wanting to talk with him because I just read the uh, filing he made before the court recusing himself from the Flowers case.
1: What's your last name, Madeline?
0: Oh, it's Barron.
1: Barron. Podcast. I can leave my message, but uh, he's not here right now.
0: All right. Well, how are things going in your office otherwise?
1: Uh, my business as usual. from one case to the next.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, I'll try back tomorrow then. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. We tried back the next day, several times, but always got a busy signal. I sent Doug Evans an email, but he didn't respond. We also called Curtis's attorney, Rob McDuff, of the Mississippi Center for Justice. So, um... This is a pretty short um, filing with the court, and I guess my main question is just what, what's your reaction? Well,
1: several weeks ago, we filed a motion asking the judge to recuse Doug Evans if he didn't voluntarily recuse himself. Obviously, he has now decided to recuse himself, uh, which I think is is the right thing to do at this juncture. He had no business staying on this case, particularly given his record of misconduct over the last six trials. And at, at this point there is no reason to continue wasting taxpayer money and put it putting everyone through a seventh trial. I mean Curtis Flowers is innocent and and this misguided prosecution, which has been plagued from the beginning by misconduct and racial discrimination, should come to an end. Uh, Twenty-three years after it began.
0: Have you spoken with Curtis about the news? I,
1: I have not. I've, I've uh, I received a text from his sister as I was as I was reading it and responding to press calls. I received a text from his sister, so they're aware of it as well. But I've not spoken to him on the phone.
0: And have you talked to the AG's office about whether it wants the case?
1: I mean, I'm not in a position to comment about um, about any conversations I've had with anybody about that. Um, It appears from the filing that Doug Evans has spoken with the attorney general's office and and that they have agreed to take the case. Um, So I'm assuming they have. Uh, If they haven't, I certainly hope they will take it.
0: And what what is next now in this case?
1: Well, I think I think the next step is for the attorney general to step in and review the case and conduct an independent evaluation, which I and I think that any independent evaluation will lead to a dismissal.
0: To a dismissal. So this doesn't in your mind look like it's headed now for a seventh trial.
1: It certainly shouldn't head to a seventh trial. Evans, in this case, will lead to a dismissal, and hopefully that's what's going to happen. I mean, the problem with this prosecution is that it has been conducted by Doug Evans, who has always been fixated on Curtis Flowers to the point of prosecuting him six times and committing misconduct all along the way. Even though there never was a strong case against him,
0: I guess my only other question is just how Curtis? How is Curtis doing?
1: He's doing very well. I mean, he's, you know, Curtis has left Winona, um, and he is at an undisclosed location. But um, you know, he's doing he's doing very well, and he you know he's pleased to be out of prison. After 23 years, he is, you know, happy to be able to uh, spend time with his family, particularly during the holidays. And so, you know, he's, he's doing very well.
0: What McDuff told me, that this is a positive development for Curtis, matches what we'd heard months, even years ago at this point, from other people who work on alleged wrongful convictions. In 2018, I talked with a woman named Nina Morrison, She's a senior litigation counsel at the Innocence Project in New York. We were talking about what was at that point only a far-out hypothetical, what it would mean if Doug Evans stepped aside from the case. That could make all the difference in the world. Nina Morrison told me that a new prosecutor might have different political beliefs or a different view of the criminal justice system. Yeah, I guess to me, I wonder more about like the personal investment in the case. You know, If you're negotiating with someone who has believed in this case so much that he's tried it six times, That person has already been very clear about what they think about the case. And you could understand why they would be reluctant to drop it versus just a new person who might not view the criminal justice system differently or or have a different type of politics or something. But they just don't have that same personal investment. Like they're not the person who's tried it six times and they're not the person who if they drop it now, people are going to say, well, why did you try it to begin with? Right. Yeah, it's it's it's. Always very difficult. I mean, we, the hardest cases that we've ever had to negotiate, whether it's getting a new trial ordered or getting original charges dismissed, have been the ones where the original trial prosecutor is still in office. Um, when they're gone, you tend to get fresher eyes and a more objective approach. Doesn't mean we always succeed in negotiating, but it's a lot easier. It now seems more likely than not that the Mississippi Attorney General's office will take the case. Then the AG's office would review the file and decide whether to try it again, a seventh trial, or offer Curtis a plea deal, or ask the court to dismiss the charges. Right now, the attorney general is a man named Jim Hood. He's a Democrat and a former prosecutor. We asked him for comment, and through a spokesperson, he emailed us a statement. Jim Hood said, quote, Doug Evans has been an honest lawman and prosecutor for as long as I can remember. My personal two bits is the facts are sufficient for the case to be retried. Appellate courts are made up of humans, just like us all. In extremely rare cases, I have seen them allow emotions to overcome logic in tough cases. I've spent my entire career believing in our criminal justice system. I know juries get it right 99.9% of the time. A fair jury should resolve this case one way or another, end quote. So Jim Hood believes that there's enough evidence to retry the case. But Jim Hood isn't the person who'll be making the decision about what to do with this case, if the AG's office gets it. And that's because Jim Hood didn't run for re-election. Instead, he ran for governor and lost. The new attorney general is getting sworn in this Thursday. Her name is Lynn Fitch. She won election this fall.
3: Everybody, it has been a very historical night, and I'm here with the woman of the hour. She is the first female to be elected to the Attorney General's Office of Mississippi, Treasurer Lynn Fitch. Ma'am,
0: congratulations.
3: Thank you so very much. I'm so honored. I'm so humbled that the people of the state of Mississippi have...
0: Lynn Fitch is a Republican. Unlike the outgoing Attorney General, she's never worked as a prosecutor, and she doesn't have a background in criminal law. She's currently the state treasurer. In the days before the election, our reporter Parker Yesco found Lynn Fitch at an event and asked her about the Flowers case.
3: Well, Sony, that's just a case that'll have to be evaluated when I get into the office and look at the parameters, as will all cases. You know, any time an attorney general comes into an office, you now evaluate what cases you have at hand, which ones need to continue to move forward, how do you enhance certain ones, how do you dismiss certain ones. So I'll be looking at all cases when I get into
0: the attorney general's office. We tried to contact Lynn Fitch today, but we weren't able to reach her. One person we did manage to speak with was someone with a personal connection to the case, a woman named Kathy Permenter. She's the mother of Bobo Stewart, the 16 year old who was shot to death at the furniture store. Her son, had he lived, would now be 39 years old. Our producer, Natalie Jablonski, talked to her on the phone. Hi, Miss Permenter. Yes, ma'am. My name's
3: Natalie Jablonski, and I'm a reporter with American Public Media.
2: Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh.
3: And I just wanted to give you a call to see if you heard the news that Doug Evans is recusing himself from the Flowers case.
2: We, I did hear that on the news last night, so yes, ma'am.
3: Oh, okay. So is, is, is that how you found out about it?
2: It is, yes, ma'am.
3: Well, I just wanted to call and see what your reaction to that is and just how you feel about it.
2: I'm not really happy about it at all, so, you know, I definitely don't feel good about things, for sure. I mean, you know, if if he thinks that's the best thing for him to do, then I, I feel like, you know, he he's smart enough to know what he should do and should not do. Does it make me happy? No. Like I don't know who who's going to be in charge now, so, I mean, you know, I... I always felt like, you know, if I had questions, I could contact their office, and so now I just, you know, I I don't know who I contact or if anyone would even, will even talk to me about anything, so, you know, and I'm hoping somebody will contact us and let us know uh, what it means for the case, if we're going back to trial or not, or or, or what's going to happen at this point, so. Do we start back at square one? Do we, um, you know, I I, I just don't know.
3: Yeah, and it sounds like you didn't get a heads up about it from the DA's office.
2: Mm hmm. I didn't. Really. I I had no idea.
3: When was the last time you you, know, you heard bail, from them?
2: Bail hearing. You know, he didn't show up for that, and, which you know we were all disappointed with. So, um, but and didn't know what was going on and. And I did contact his office like the next day uh, just to see if I could get any information, you know, about why it didn't. But I didn't get anything from anybody.
3: Do you still feel like Curtis Flowers is, is guilty?
2: Oh, yes, ma'am. There's no doubt. There's just no doubt, my You feel if like it was your son, if you had a son, and it was your son.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine what you've been through.
2: Yeah. Nobody knows unless they been there. I mean, this is something that, you know, I I don't wish upon anybody to have to ever go through something like this, that their child be taken away from, or somebody shooting them in the head. You know, I mean, my God. Poor child was innocent and just trying to work on a summer job and making some extra money and goes into work. And what happens, you know? So, it's just, you know, it just tears you apart.
0: Natalie asked Kathy Fermenter what she hopes will happen next. Well, I...
2: I I just, I mean, I I don't really know. Uh, You know, when all that came up on the news last night and I saw it, I was just, I'm just like at a dead end myself. I feel like I'm in in a dead end and I'm boxed in to where, you know, every time I look around, I just see a wall because I don't know, I don't know which way to turn or who to go to anymore. So, you know, yeah, I want justice for my son. Definitely, I want death just for my son, because that's not right, it's just not fair.
0: We'll continue to keep you updated on major developments in the case. Also, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported our work in any way this year. By listening, by telling your friends to listen, by donating money, we really appreciate your support. In the Dark is reported and produced by me, Madeline Barron, senior producer Samara Freemark, producer Natalie Jablonski, associate producer Raymond Tungakar, and reporters Parker Jesko and Will Kraft. In the Dark is edited by Catherine Winter, Web editors are Dave Mann and Andy Cruz. The editor in chief of APM Reports is Chris Worthington. Original music by Gary Meister and Johnny Vince Evans. This episode was mixed by Craig Thorson.
3: Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is beyond all repair.
2: Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig.